And tonight at 6 o'clock, if you have ever thought to yourself, I would love to go to the Holy Land. Tonight at 6 o'clock, Bobby's going to be in the fireside room, and he's going to talk about specifically that, a trip that's coming up in March that I'm sure he would love to have all of us go to. And, uh, and it would be a blessing in your life if you were to take advantage of that and go to the Holy Land in March with Bobby. So 6 o'clock tonight in the fireside room if you have a chance to make that. Turn in your Bibles to page 2763, sorry, 763 if you're in the Pew Bible and John 14 if you're in your own. John chapter 14. We're going to get there in just a moment. And I'd like you to, if you would, listen to these words. As the sunlight slowly faded away, the city lights flickered on one by one, illuminating everything on the outside and casting a shadow on the inside. As time slowly ticked past, the darkness inched closer and closer, spreading its shadows across the land. As much as I struggle and curl underneath the blanket, my fears come alive and slowly engulf me from the inside. And tears come to the mask that I so successfully put on during the day. Fears that torment me from the inside during the day come alive as soon as the light fades, and I'm back into my den with a mind of its own tormenting me every single night. Sometimes I wish I was dead. Surrounded by many, yet isolated and alone, I try to reach out to people but succeed in grasping just empty air. Struggling to keep my sanity, I plunge myself into darkness, for it's the only place to hide, to cope with all of this. I give up and I cry myself to sleep. It's tiresome to want something you don't have. And each morning I wake with loneliness by my side. Each day I walk with its presence in my footsteps. Each night it lies in hand, hand in hand with my insomnia. Perhaps I've become invisible. They cried on my shoulders. And I soaked up their tears. Asking for nothing in return. But when I needed someone, where did they all go? In October 2012, 15-year-old Amanda Todd killed herself. She was from Coquitlam, B.C. She'd been cyber-bullied. She'd been harassed in person. She had been isolated for years. And she just couldn't take it anymore. And her death speaks to the tragedy of the ways that we treat one another. And more than that, at least for this morning, it shows us the tragedy of isolation, of what it does to us when we must face life and our fears alone. Now, I want to tell you that this photo that you're looking at 
is not just a stock photo. This is taken from the video that she posted about a month before she took her life. This is Amanda Todd. And she had nobody. And she needed someone. Let's pray. Holy Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you this morning, God, for being with us and blessing us. But God, we recognize that there are people around us everywhere who don't know you and who don't have what we have and who need it badly. And so, God, we pray that you would use us to take into people's lives, to bring into people's lives the presence of your spirit. We want to be so filled up, God, that something happens within us and it flows from out of us to others. And that they begin to sense and feel the peace that we know that you promise to your children. Through Christ we pray. Amen. The fact is that there are a lot of Amanda Todd's out there. In fact, they're everywhere. They come in all shapes and sizes. They have faces that indicate all kinds of struggles. In some cases, there have been awful things done to them by others. In other cases, there have simply been the accidents and the trials of life. And I was thinking as I was this week, right at the end here, thinking about Tara Hansen. The accidents and the trials of life. And the woman has the choice to make of having her leg removed. And so she cuts off the bottom portion of one of her legs. And a few weeks later, she falls and destroys her elbow. And I don't know how long she'll be in the hospital. She had to have surgery. And it wasn't because someone mistreated her. It was just one of those things in life. It just happens. Sometimes we fall down. Now, I thank God that she is not alone. Thank you, God, that she has family and friends, that she even has us. But despite the fact that many of us do have someone, I'm not sure that ultimately that suffices. Are there not times when even those of us who are surrounded by people who care have those moments when there is emptiness? Like, don't you sometimes sense that? Like, even though you know that we have each other, like I have you and you have me and we can be a great blessings to each other. But sometimes, it's, the fact is, it's not enough. There are times when I want more. When I need more comfort. When I need more peace. I remember when I was nine years old, walking into my bedroom. 
and lying on my bed was my father. And he had just lost his wife. And we had all kinds of people running around the house. Dad had 11 brothers and sisters. And they had spouses. And so we had lots of people running around our house. And we had people coming in and out of our lives at that moment like you wouldn't believe. But when I went in to see my father lying on my bed, he was sobbing and he grabbed me and he said, I didn't want your mother to die and I feel so alone. So my question this morning is, do we have anything to say to these people? And I think we do. In fact, I know we do because of the peace that I myself have received. I know that peace. I received it from him. Listen to these words from 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. And if we're distressed, it's for your comfort and salvation. If we're comforted, it's for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And so when I speak of God's comfort this morning, it's not just idle talk. I have known heartache and I've known his peace. And he brings it to us through his spirit. And I've witnessed the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. We have glimpses in scripture of the Spirit's role as comforter, helper, and counselor. And it's in the Gospel of John more than any other place that this kind of language is used. Where the Spirit is called our, we know this word, paraclete. Our comforter, our advocate. If you spent any time in the church, you've known maybe for years about this one who brings comfort and who helps. The word is used at the end of the Gospel of John when Jesus is preparing to go to the cross. And before he goes, we have this long section of teaching in John 14, 15, and 16 where Jesus talks to his disciples about this horrible situation in one sense that he's going to and yet the comfort that flows to him through the Holy Spirit. Listen to the way this section starts. It's three whole chapters, if you're in John 14, of Jesus speaking. And it starts out with this verse. It says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. That's the start. Trust in God, trust also in me, don't be comforted. Now look at chapter 16, the very last verse. Verse 33. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. What does it sound like? It sounds like in verse 1 of chapter 14, he's talking about comfort and peace. In chapter 16, verse 33, he's talking about comfort and peace. And so for three chapters, I'm thinking that's Jesus' theme. 
And what he does in those three chapters more than anything is talk about the blessing of the Spirit. As the Spirit comes into the life of the believer and brings the kind of peace that only God can offer. And so Jesus himself is troubled. Preparing for the cross. And he focuses on the Spirit. And the peace that the Spirit brings to those who are in anguish and turmoil. And when Jesus himself wants comfort... He talks about that comfort to his disciples and just keeps turning to the Spirit and turning to the Spirit and turning to the Spirit. John 14, 26 and 27 says this. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things And will remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I don't give to you as the world does. Don't let your hearts be troubled. And don't be afraid. And today it's very possible. That in a group today like this. That we have people who are feeling afraid. You could well feel troubled. And where is your peace going to come from? It needs to come from this one, from this counselor, this Holy Spirit who blesses us with his peace. I've asked uh, Jordan and Carrie if they would be willing to share something today with reference to the peace that they have received. And I don't know if they're both going to come or if just one of you wants to come. And it doesn't matter to me. There's a lot of people in our church who've experienced trouble of various kinds. I think all of us know that Jordan and Carrie have drunk deeply from the well of anguish. But God hasn't left them alone. There's really not... um, When Kelly gave us a guideline for time, I thought, how can I possibly begin to say that in that small amount of time? Um, I tried to write down my words. I just know that because... If I can stand here today, then I've had an uncommon response to a situation that should no, no, not have a response like, like this, to lose two children and face death with another. The response that Jesus had on the cross was uncommon, but he was Jesus. The response that we've had to losing Piper and Drew and facing challenges with Peyton has been uncommon, not because we're Jesus, but because we have Jesus in us, because of the Holy Spirit, because there's no way that I can explain the peace that we have experienced in the face of the challenges of the last six years without that. One child gone, another nearly lost to a ruptured appendix, and somehow we felt only comfort, comforted by those put in place around us when we had to walk back into the hospital 
step by step with Peyton, comforted when all others were saying why. Deep, deep peace, and somehow deep healing to be able to walk those same footsteps through a different circumstance. Then, after turning our decision as to whether to have more or not, over to God, we felt deep peace. That regardless of any outcome, we would all be blessed richly. That we would be into his arms, and that with his hand, all outcomes would lead to life. A diagnosis, sorrow, but a deep presence of peace. So amazing that we couldn't explain it, provided months of joy, where the response should have been our hearts dying. The one who was covering us with peace, with the comfort that all would be well, whether in life or in death. At Piper's, at Piper's death, a yielding, giving her to God, to the one we knew that would love her more and love her more deeply, brought us into his embrace that overwhelms me now even thinking of it. There is never a time where I grieve my physical loss, where I don't end up in his arms, or end up celebrating, or at the very least, where my grief serves as a healer, a reminder of how deep love is. God has transformed my pain into something I willing, willingly embrace when it comes, because that's when I walk straight into his embrace, a safe and deeply comforting place, and a place where my deepest wound, my greatest sorrow, and my human groans make me love him as he hears them, fills them, and transforms them. He's provided an uncommon response to a common situation. It's like you worked on that forever here. Let's see. <laughs> She's like, do you want to speak or do you, should I speak? Like, oh, okay. Kelly's, I guess the whole series is on the Holy Spirit and how it is at work within us. And um, and, uh, and through our experience to testify, sort of, uh, it's work within us, the Holy Spirit. And um, I would say in some ways it's, it's too bad that it sometimes takes a terrible, drastic, difficult situation to, to see... Uh, to see, to see the spirit at work within you or or to I don't want to say it's a test of faith but um, to, to sort of see what you're made of but it's not you it's because uh, everyone used to come to us and say oh you're so strong through all of this I can't believe that it, was, it wasn't anything that we did it, we never once felt that we were strong but we did Feel an overwhelming sense of peace, and um, there is a scripture, you know, that talks about uh, God to Him who is able to do more than you can ask or imagine, and and the way we looked at that is we can we can imagine some pretty amazing things for our kids. I think every one of you as parents would dream of your boy being a hockey all-star or something or, or successful doctor or what have you and, and kind of not silly dreams but dreams nonetheless they can dream pretty big and and God is able to do much more than I can even imagine and to have faith in that the 
I believe the Spirit really gave us peace through that, and a peace that we don't even understand, and a peace beyond the actual when we were in the hospital and when we went through the deaths and and afterwards. It's like often afterwards that it's more difficult because people assume that oh you sh- you should be over it now or whatever like that, which is unfortunate, but. Um, I think that's where our peace is coming in because, I mean, man, we we believe that we have two children in heaven right now, and who wouldn't want that? And uh, yeah, that's the peace that the Spirit has provided me. The thing that strikes me is that the two of them can even stand there. That they're not broken to pieces. That they're not absolutely crushed by life. And I am convinced, I think as they are too, that the reason that's the case is because the Spirit of God lives in them to such a degree that they can, they can take even the burdens that they have received and deal with them. And live through them. Because God has blessed them. And that tells me that we have something real to offer a world of hurting people. The church has a message of hope. It has a message of comfort. And this morning I want to say something quite specific to those of you who feel lonely or hurt. And The, the fact is I can't promise to any of you. That human beings won't let you down. In fact, I can promise you the opposite. What I can tell you is that human beings will let you down. That will happen. And as much as we want to be there for each other and comfort one another and bless one another, we won't be able to be there all the time. There will always be people who come and say, the church wasn't there for me. And shame on us when it doesn't happen the way that it should. We have to do better with that. We must do better. But my experience is that no matter how much I'm loved by people around me, there are those moments. There's that part of me that even the most loving people can't touch. There are folds and recesses in my heart. There are places of pain where hands that reach out to me can't go. And to which they can't bring ultimate comfort. And at those moments, I'm like David. I'm like David shouting, answer me when I call to you, O my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Be merciful to me and hear my prayer. Because there isn't anybody else to whom I can cry out. And I'm like Jesus. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And at those moments, I need comfort from God, and he answers. He offers to me his comforter, his helper, his peace. He is the one who knows the thoughts of a man. He is the one who will walk beside me. He's the one who says, come to me, all who are weary with heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. And he comes to me through his spirit. And he blesses me the way... 
that Carrie and Jordan have been blessed. Amanda Todd needed the Spirit of God to console her. She needed someone. So do you, and so do I. And we need to seek the Spirit of peace. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we come to you today asking for the blessing of your indwelling. We pray that you come and fill us. And I pray especially for those who hurt today that you would bring to them your unique, divine peace. God, there isn't any one of us who doesn't know the experience of, of people letting us down. But you never have. And you never will. And for that we praise you. Thank, thank you, Spirit, for being in our lives and bringing us your peace through Christ. Amen.